Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Open your Bible to the book of Jude, second to last book in your Bible. I think it's positioned very well personally. Right before the end of the Bible, I think it's a great picture of some of the characteristics that we should be paying attention to as the end approaches. I'm not here to talk about the end today, uh, but at the same time, I think the positioning of it's very strong. Uh, we're going to receive communion before service is over, but in the process, I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. Somebody say Kingdom. See, to understand really anything in the Bible, you need to have a concept of kingdom because Jesus is not a president. Jesus is our king. And the king was not voted in by us. The king uh, was appointed, is appointed by his father and his kingdom. There will be no end to it. So you have to understand kingdom. And to understand kingdom, you have to understand that In the beginning, God gave us the format of what he was looking for on planet earth. He created man in his likeness and in his image. And then he gave man. And when I say man, I want you to hear mankind. God created mankind in his likeness and image. And he wanted mankind to have dominion on planet earth. Because on planet earth... When mankind has dominion, now the kingdom of heaven has representation here. So what God wanted is for representation on planet earth. He wanted humanity to represent the kingdom of heaven right here, right now. So God called everything into existence. Then the Bible says he formed man out of the dust of the earth. And what was interesting is after he called the things that he called into existence and then he created man and he formed man, he stopped calling things into existence and he started calling the man to call things what they would be. So the Bible says that he brought the animals in front of Adam to see what he would call them. The reason he did that is because he gave the dominion to mankind, which means the Bible says that God gives his gifts without taking them away. That's how you can explain somebody that's very gifted that doesn't serve the Lord. God doesn't go snatching those gifts away from them. You got to choose what you're going to do with the gifts that God gave you. So what happens is God gave mankind the gift of dominion. You and me are called to be walking in dominion right here, right now. The Bible says that God walked the animals in front of them and he said, what do you want to call this one? It's got a hard shell and it's super slow. He said, I'll call that one a turtle. He said, what do you want to call this one? It's got a big hump on its back and it's, it's good at being in sand. He said, I'll call that one a camel. And whatever man said it was, it was. See, the question is not whether or not you are experiencing a thing, experiencing something. All of us are experiencing something. The question is, are you going through life like a thermometer or like a thermostat? A thermometer just tells you what the temperature is. 
But a thermostat changes the environment. A weather rock tells you if it's raining. It doesn't have to do anything. Matter of fact, all it's actually doing is existing. I want to take you through four levels of life in the kingdom of God. Jake, bring me a chair up here, please. Just set it up right over here. Also, Walker Lee, jump up here. Y'all give Walker Lee a big hand. This is my dude. He's, he's nine years old. Wait, sorry, sorry. He's 11 years old uh, and just doing super good. And he's going to give me, help us with some great examples. Go have a seat in that chair. I want to talk to you about existing because when you choose to exist, there's, there's really not much of a choice being made. A rock exists. A blade of grass exists. You're not doing anything. And, and here's what the world will say, or even some that are in the church or in the body of Christ. Well, I'm not hurting anybody. You might not be helping anybody either. Can we get past the concept of I'm not hurting anybody? You are not created in God's likeness and God's image just to exist. Just to, just to, uh, be in a place or a scenario. So in the kingdom of God, especially in the house of God, when the word of God is being taught, you, you have the opportunity. You're not forced into anything, but so you can just come into an environment like this and exist. And it's not that nothing will get on you. It's just that everything that could get on you won't get on you. So when you're existing and Walker is existing right here over in this chair, doing a good job of it, sit up straight, big boy, wave at the people, let them see that big smile. What a handsome boy. He's over there existing right now. And it's not that it would be impossible for him to catch something. So let's say that these tennis balls might be a good revelation or might be a good word or, or might be a good scripture or might just be something that God's trying to drop in your spirit. It's not that it would be impossible for it to get on you. It's just that if you're just existing, it would have to be placed on you. Hold your hands like this. It would have to just be placed on you. I'll give put into context the same scenario is when you're a baby. When you're a baby, nobody expects much out of you. When you're a baby, people think it people think it's cute when you go to the bathroom. I don't know how old it is, but that is a short season. Little baby come comes into the world, and everybody's looking. Oh my goodness, I'll never forget. We brought our first baby home. And all the, all the, the, the ladies in the family are sitting there and they got the baby laid on the floor on a big blanket. They're all holding around it on their knees. Like, oh, she's so cute. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I'm sitting there. I love the baby from the start, but I thought she ain't doing nothing. <laughs> and she is so strong. I'm like, she ain't picked up nothing. <laughs> she is so strong. Stronger than what? What, what's, what are we comparing to? Cause the reality is when you're a baby, Existing is something you do and we expect it. We take the food, we grind the food till it, it is, it is no more or less than, than some, it doesn't matter if it's a potato or a green bean, it's all pudding. And we don't set it on the table, say, go eat. We set you in a baby chair. We put a seatbelt on it so you don't fall out of the baby chair. 
And then we do acrobat, acrobatic tricks to try to make you eat. Here comes the green bean. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm, it's so good. And you're just sitting there existing. I only like the bananas. <laughs> so in other words, when you're existing, it is possible for something to get on you, but you're going to miss everything else because you're just existing. You're not doing anything to get, so you can come to the house of God and you can sit on your thumbs and you can turn your mind off and you can play on your cell phone and go to Netflix. Come on, somebody. You can do all this kind of stuff and you can pick up nothing and then, then you'll be confused why everybody else is, is excited and you're sitting there. It's because the stuff that you could be catching, you're missing. Because you're just existing. Now, another level, the, the next level, if I say next level, the next level that I want to talk to you about is expecting. So you can come to the house of God. Thank you, big boy. You can come to the house of God and you can just exist. And that's one way to do it. Or you can come to the house of God expecting. Now, if you're just existing, you might have something hit you and it balances on you just right. Or it's Velcro enough to stick to you or something. But if you come in the house of God expecting God to do something. Now, all of a sudden, I'm not just coming in here. I'm expecting God to do something. And it's different when you're expecting God to do something. Who in here has ever been fishing? Just wave at me. If you don't carry a stringer, you ain't expecting to catch nothing. If you don't, if you don't carry a bucket or something to carry those fish out of there, you're not expecting to catch a thing. Who in here has ever been hunting, deer hunting? There's a lot that goes in after you get what you're looking for. And if you're not prepared, you might be hoping, but you're not expecting. You might be hoping, you might even be wishing, but you're not expecting. But you can come to the house of God and you can say, man, I I, I might be new to this thing. But I'm coming in here expecting God to do something in my life. I'm clearing out. A lot of the thoughts that I've been wrestling with to see if God wants to place in me a new thing. Because I'm expecting God to change my life. Now, when you're expecting, it's certainly higher than existing. Because now, not only are you able, not only are you able to take more than you could have taken, if it lands just right. Now, I'm going to try real hard here. You ready? If it lands just right, that's two. If it lands just right, ready? If it lands just right, you might catch it, but it's got nothing to do with you. Oh God, if you want to speak to me today, I guess say something. Oh God, 
If you want to say something like that worked for them, but when I hear your voice, then I'll believe it. Oh, thank you for healing them. But until you heal me, I won't believe you're a healer. Oh, thank you for blessing them. Oh, that's great. They got, they got a new house. They already had 20 houses. I believe you bless people when you bless me. In other words, I'm expecting, but I'm not doing anything to receive. I have found that those that catch the most are involved in the process. So you can exist. You can come to the house of God and you can just exist. You can just sit there and I hope it hits me. You can just sit there and be, be completely indifferent on whether it hits you or not. And you can't get in this environment and not be changed a little bit. But maybe you scratched your head a few times and wondered, why are those, why are they so fanatical? Maybe you've scratched your head a time or two and said, why are they so passionate? How come I've never beaten them to church? Do they live here? Because you can be in a place and just exist. You, you can be in a place and the place is not worse off because you're there, but it might not be better because you're there. You can be in a place and, and a little bit of it, like you can, you can hear love people and point them to Christ and maybe go get that tattooed on your arm, but you're not doing it. Isn't that interesting? Like tattoos always record. A lot of times they represent how somebody was feeling in that moment. And I've seen both scenarios where there's no way they still feel that way, positive or negative. Because you can exist and not be hurting anything, but you might not be helping anything. You're just there. This is why a lot of Christians don't feel fulfilled, because they're just existing. Part of it's bad doctrine, the concept that you were just saved and that's it. Salvation is not the end point, it's the entry point. It's the start of your life. <laughs> Salvation is when you actually begin. Then you can actually start expecting God to do something. So now you come to the house of God, but... And I mean this respectfully, but it can even have some arrogance with it. Because when you're expecting God to do something, it doesn't mean you're doing anything for God. I'm going to say that slower so you can write it down. A lot of times when you're expecting God to do something, you're not doing anything for God. Oh, well, I thought it was all about grace. Entry point. Entry point and the fuel that helps take you through the rest of the race. But at the same time, you got a purpose in this thing. And if all you're doing is catching the one or two things that bumps and lands on you, you're missing one of the most beautiful parts of this kingdom. Receiving. 
See, because when you stop just existing and you start expecting, now you can add the next level. Somebody say next level. You can actually start receiving and now you are ready to do something that you weren't necessarily ready to do before. You're not just coming to the house of God. You're not just catching whatever rain falls on your head. Whenever somebody needs water in the wilderness, they don't just catch what lands on their head. They build containers to get ready to catch what's already falling. So you go from the level of just existing to now you're expecting to now you're actually receiving a few things. Now, I don't have to be as good at putting it in your bucket as I used to have to be when you were a baby. You can actually catch some stuff and put it in yourself. I've been to a lot of restaurants and I have never had anybody cut up my steak for me. I've never had, I've been to the, some of the finest. I've paid, I've paid a fortune for steaks. I'm telling you, I got no problem with it, but I walk in and they've never said to me, sit right here, Pastor Hallam, and put a bib on me and took my ribeye and cut it into little bite-sized morsels and sat back and said, here it comes. That would be weird. Because when you get older, you ought to be able to receive on your own. When you get older, you ought to be able to catch some stuff. You ought to be able to be ready. You ought to be, the Bible says, be ready in season and out of season. Come on, it's not just when somebody says, thus saith the Lord, when something might come your way that's worth catching. You can walk on this property. You can turn on your phone. You can hear something on television. You can hear something on TV. You can be reading your Bible in your own house just like that. And all of a sudden say, I'm here catching and receiving everything you're sending, God. Because it's not about just existing. It's not about just expecting. There's another level. You can go to receiving. And did you know in the NFL, and I don't know about the XFL yet, still too early. I'm a fan, by the way. But in the NFL, receivers get paid a fortune. Now, the guy that throws the ball, he gets paid well too. But receivers get paid a fortune. Because there's one thing to throw it. It's another thing to catch it. I'm seven years deep in this stuff. I'm effectively like a mailman. I deliver the mail. I walk up, get in front of lights, get in front of a camera, and do my best to tell what the Bible says. And there's a lot of people that have heard teaching and nothing changed. There's a lot of people that were in the exact same environment where tears flowed like a river and nothing changed. But then there's others that said, my God, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember when, but before uh, coming over to College Station and, and, and starting New Heights Church, I remember I was an armor bearer for my pastor. And I remember one of the biggest challenges I had was I had to have both my hands free most of the time, because there was no telling whenever he was going to leave his Bible laying somewhere and I, you know, I was going to get it, make sure it was there or somebody was going to need something. Whatever. I just need to have my hands free. It was just the way it was part of the protocol, so to speak. But on the flip side, the biggest dilemma I had was I need that notebook with me. 
Because stuff's coming out of his mouth changing my life. And I don't want to forget it. So I take notes even to this day for the same reason I make a grocery list. I don't want to forget when I need it. I want to know what the word say and I want to be able to apply what the word says. So I don't just sit there existing. I don't just sit there expecting. I'm actually receiving what God says. And when you receive something, now all of a sudden, it's yours too. But there's another level. Jude verse 3 says this. Beloved, I wanted to write to you. I wanted to write to you about our common salvation. But it was needful for me. In other words, I found it a necessity to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You can exist. You can even expect. And you can receive. But when you're receiving, like Walker, sit down, bud. When you're receiving, you can catch what comes right here. But everything else, now you're showing off. (laughs) Everything else (laughs) is a problem. So receiving is one step. The kingdom suffers violence, the violent take it by force. Contending is the next level. Now all of a sudden, you're not just in a place to receive what you've been able to do all the time. Now you're able to contend and all of a sudden nothing, and I mean nothing, is getting by you. I'm wondering if we can't cross over. I'm wondering if we can't contend for the faith. I'm talking about pressing towards the mark for the prize. What is the prize? The high calling is the prize. The prize is not the house. The prize is not the healing. That is a byproduct of serving the king. The prize is actually being trusted to do something for him. But those that are trusted are those that are willing to contend. That are ready in a season, out of a season. They're not blaming everybody around them. They're not blaming every family situation that was 30 years ago. They're not blaming where they were born. They're not blaming where they were not born. They said, I came in this thing and the Bible says this. Now thanks be unto God that always causes me to triumph through Christ Jesus. A church of contenders. When the devil shows up, the devil gets a black eye. We call it Tuesday. We don't lose our salvation when the washing machine breaks. Come on. We don't lose our peace when they start threatening a virus. We don't lose our whole mind when somebody disagrees with us politically. We don't 
we don't lose our marriage because somebody smelled good in the hall at work. Now I'm preaching. Because we're contenders. We're not just catching or holding what lands on us. We're not just expecting God to move. We're doing our best to not just receive. But if I have to move, I'll move. See, that's the big difference in receiving and contending. Contending says, I'll catch it if it hits me. But contending is willing to move around just to make sure you catch what God's throwing. I'm I'm wondering, do we have some contenders at New Heights Church? I'm wondering if we have some people that are, that are willing to make some adjustments because this is a cool picture to see Walker contending and moving around. But in real life, there's another player on the field and he's trying to stop you from getting to that position where you can actually catch what God is throwing. It's the simplest thing to understand, but it requires discipline to continue. Where you, where you, where you go and, and all of a sudden you level up, but everybody around you hasn't leveled up yet. And I, I married a, a girl from the coast down around Texas city. And, and there's a big dike that goes out into the bay, I guess it is. And they bring in the shrimp and the crabs and stuff right there. Man, I feel God when I say that. And they'll have these big crab pits. And they had some of them, they weren't covered up. And I thought, what in the world? Won't the crabs just crawl out? Because there's a net on the side. They can just crawl out. And then I watched for a minute. As soon as one of the crabs got close to getting free... All the other crabs grabbed him and pulled him back down. See, if you're going to be a contender, you got to know there's some things behind you you got to let go. There's some things beside you you got to ignore. And there's one that's trying to get in between you and God that you're going to have to knock out of the way. Because as a contender, this is right. This is... This is a beautiful picture because I believe it's right where we are, right before the end. When is the end? I don't know, but I know we're closer today than we were yesterday. And if you're willing to contend, you're going to catch a lot more than somebody that even is trying to receive, but not willing to make a move. For some of you, contending might be shutting down the thoughts that are plaguing you when you walk into the church and you're trying to hear God speak. Oh, I got to get the oil changed. The grass needs mowing. The business is not doing good. Can't believe it. Oh, man, what's going on here? What's going on there? And you're just shutting it down. And that is, a, that is an act of contending to receive. For some of you, it might mean cutting off a relationship for a while. 
Maybe not forever. But I would ask you this. Is that relationship worth your destiny? Because contending is an active decision. Some of you have got every reason to be rude. And contending is not being rude. Contending for faith. Some of you, you've heard about how God wants to prosper you, but you've never seen it. Contending is continuing to believe. Continuing to tithe and offer. Continuing to trust God. Why? Because in due season, you'll reap, comma, if you faint not. Contenders decided a long time ago to not faint. We don't quit. What happens if I lose? Impossible. Well, when are you going to die? I'll die at 120. Well, what happens if you go sooner? Heaven's not a penalty. Why? Because I decided to contend. I decided I'm not just going to catch what lands in my lap. I'm not just going to catch what I can catch while I'm sitting on my laurels. Is laurels still a thing? Just making sure. I'm going to contend. I'm not just going to expect God to move. I'm going to be ready for God to move. I'm not just going to expect God to say something. I'm going to be ready to hear something. I'm not just going to hope that God's doing something. I'm going to stand and believe God's doing something. I'm not going to back off. When everybody else gets tired, we're going to turn it up. When the enemy thinks we're slowing down, he's going to find out we're shifting gears. Because there's something about contending. And I think in this season, it's as important or more important than ever. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.